What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I am your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game, often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. Guys, real quick before we begin, just want to ask you a quick favor. If you can, please stop what you're doing and leave a review for the podcast. Whatever platform you're listening in on, if you can give us a five star or whatever the highest rating is, it would be fantastic. And even better, if you found it useful in any way, please write that down on a very brief review if that's possible. It makes such a difference to how the podcast is received out there and pushed out on various platforms. That's all. Nothing else to ask. Now let's get on with the show. All right, guys, this week we're talking about modular construction. And the reason I'm talking about this is because I heard a couple of politicians in a debate, uh, you know, beating each other up, talking all about how the, uh, they're creating a narrative, basically, about how it only takes 12 to 14 weeks from start to finish for a modular house to be built. And therefore, we could have tens of thousands of houses all over the country if the, you know, we just adopted this kind of modular um, construction method. And I think it's a pretty divisive thing to say because it's, it's not a well-known topic. And so a lot of people will be out there saying, oh, wow, didn't realize that. It paints the opposition that are using this argument, paints them in a very good light because it makes them look really innovative and all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, it portrays the government, the current government, as being kind of inept and in that they look, here's this fantastic technology that you guys aren't even aware of or that you should be using, but you aren't. So let's get into that this week. Let's just try to unpack what's involved in modular construction. Let's not get into the politics of it at all. Let's just simply look at the facts without taking sides and see whether or not modular construction is the answer to the housing crisis going on at the moment. Let's get into it. So let's start this discussion with a bit of an, uh, you know, an explanation as to what is modular construction. And, you know, you might have ideas about what it is. You might have no idea what it is. What it is, is effectively when you take the construction process, everybody knows the construction process is typically a load of guys on a building site with shovels and JCBs and they, they dig holes in the ground, poor foundation, and then you build the house up around that foundation. And that typically, you know, we've obviously been doing that for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And it's very traditional. It's got, you know, the electricians, the bricklayers, the guys that come in and do the plumbing. Then you got the decorators come in later. You got the guys that put the roofs on. You got all of that stuff. There's a whole industry around it and there's a whole trades profession around it. And lots and lots of people out there are employed in this um, industry. And so that's one of the reasons why perhaps people have a traditional view of construction, that it's all done by these individuals who assemble on the site and do their little bit of work and then that's it. Modular construction is where this is all done in a factory. And what happens is the the factory, first of all, a factory building fully enclosed, no weather, no rain getting in, any of that kind of stuff. And they have all of this machinery 
and equipment. And it is able to do all of the process that happens on site. It's able to do it in a controlled environment that, first of all, the machine's doing an awful lot of the work. There will be a handful of guys that are able to kind of lift the tech, you know, the, the materials in. For example, if that's cutting construction uh, or cutting timber framework uh, to create, you know, roof trusses, for example, that all gets done in the factory and then it gets brought to site. But it goes much, much further than that now. You can create entire wall sections of a building. You can, tr- can create entire floor sections of a building, roof sections of a building, and they get lifted to site in one huge big piece. And in the space of a couple of days, the whole site can be assembled or the pieces can be assembled like a big Meccano set or like a big Lego set. And the great thing about it is because it's all built inside of a factory, there's no delays from the weather. One of the big complaints about the traditional way of doing construction is that if it's raining or if it's snowing or if it's too windy or if there's any of this kind of extreme weather or even not extreme weather, inclement weather, that's it. The guys are offside because it's either too cold or too hot or too windy or too dangerous or whatever it might be, too wet. And when it's built in a factory, obviously that doesn't cause a problem. It's not delayed by that. And so things arrive on time and without any of those delays. So first things first, let's give a point, we'll say, to the modular construction method. That seems like it's winning, a winning solution. So what are the other advantages, let's say? Well, number one is the speed. I've just mentioned speed. It's like an assembly line in the factory. You've got conveyor belts, you've got machines that are built for, you've got, you know, these whole kind of areas of the factory that are built for specific tasks, and they just do that over and over and over again. So they'll produce components that just get produced over and over. Um, And that's obviously much quicker than a guy on site pouring concrete or doing whatever has to be done. That's the first thing. The second thing is quality control. Because it's done in a factory, it is super well controlled. And you have all of these processes. It's machine controlled, temperature controlled, whatever it has to be in terms of quality control, they can maintain that. Unlike in a factory or unlike on on site, on a traditional building site, you've got different people coming in to do different jobs. So you might have the plasterer in one room is more experienced than the plasterer in the next room and they're both doing a job and one job looks much, much better than the other job. Whatever it might be, there could be differences, uh, small differences because of that. Whereas in a factory, typically speaking, it's being done by a machine or something like that. So there's an awful lot of quality control and, and that obviously is an advantage. There's also a lot of a lot less waste because things are measured by computers and cut by computers and all of this kind of stuff there tends to be much much less wastage so you'd be bringing in maybe a huge big sheet of timber on a site and there'd be guys cutting it with saws and stuff like that and there might be a load of bits left over and that just goes to waste in a factory that's all designed on the computer and the computer knows how many cuts have to be made to get the maximum out of every piece of timber or whatever it might be, steel, call it steel, call it whatever. All of this stuff makes it much, much more efficient in that way. So there's less uh, waste. And when there's less waste, typically it makes it more sustainable as well. So you'll have better energy efficiency. There'll be higher quality um, 
uh, insulation going in. Well, not that there's higher quality insulation, but it's done in a controlled environment. So it's probably easier to maintain the kind of um, the standards that people would like. And so if it's done in a factory, you can be sure that it's going to be done accurately. Whereas on site, if it's a really cold day or if, you know somebody missed something, that could be uh, a little reason why it's not quite perfect. And perhaps it's just enough to create a little bit of a cold gap or something like that. One of the biggest advantages of the modular construction is the reduced labor cost. Because what you're looking at is um, the stuff is being built in the factory and by machines. So there's obviously less labor involved there. But also when it's delivered to site, it is actually delivered to site in large sections. You might have the entire side of the, of the house in one single section or maybe two sections. And that gets built and laid into place and, and, and that's done. And I've seen this done in literally two to three days. And so you can have a house when it's delivered to site, there'll be a crane there, lifts it into place. And in two days, the house is closed and ready. And that is one of the reasons why it is seen as super fast and super efficient. Now, is this, the next question is, is this a new idea? Like, is this all new technology that hasn't, that's been around like only for a couple of months? Uh, are these politicians talking about it? Are they so innovative? Well, no, modular construction has been around for more than a century. And it got popular in the 1950s and the 1960s on the continent. And, uh, and so you would have seen certain, you know, office buildings that have the very same look outside. That would all be modular construction. In, um, in large apartment buildings, you would have seen in the UK, the, the big office uh, or the big um, apartment flat buildings that went up, you know, they'd be 14 storey high. Um, and obviously there's a, there's a bit of a tragedy there recently in the Grenfell um, disaster. But a lot of that would have been modular construction where entire apartments are kind of lifted into place and they stack them on top of one another. So this is not, uh, this is not a, a new technology. This has been around for decades at this stage. However, the technology is improving. And so the technology insofar as in the factory, the amount of computers and mechanization and, uh, you know, basically the entire thing is being done by an automated system now, as opposed to people moving stuff around. So that's definitely also you got to think about talking about Ireland and specifically our this country that I live in. It has not been as big as it probably has been in other parts of the world. And that is because, well, first of all, Ireland being an island, a lot of the companies that create this stuff, it has to be transported. And obviously, if you put it on a, a big truck on a road uh, in Germany, going to France or something like that, that's fine. But if you've got to go and go on a car ferry and these large trucks have to transport in a big car ferry, then it becomes more complicated because you've got the height issues and you've got all of these issues. And so there's a big question whether or not it was as possible or as easy or as efficient to do it, bringing it, to, transporting it to Ireland as it would be if it was, say, in the, um, in the continent or on the continent. Now, <clears throat> one of the things to bear in mind, there is definitely companies that have been doing this. And I'm actually quite friendly with one of the guys that started Century Homes. And, uh, and Century Homes was a business that was bought by Kingspan about, I don't know, 10 years ago or more now. But 
before that it was privately owned by a family and they started it and they built it up and it was basically timber framed housing all being built in the factory and delivered to site and it kind of got assembled on site and so it was I suppose the local um, version of what you see around the world there's some really really big companies in America for example Katera is one of the big ones and they do huge you know projects and I think in Europe one of the bigger names would be Huff Haas and um, these are big, big companies that do it at massive scale. Um, we don't have huge companies in Ireland doing that. Certainly not that I'm aware of. If you're listening and you know of something, then by all means, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, why is it not more popular in Ireland is a question that we have to ask. I mean, speaking from a, as a local Irish person, you know, you don't hear an awful lot about modular construction. Only recently, they're all kind of using it as this debate mechanism to kind of like beat each other up. But why is it not? And I would say there's a couple of reasons. Let's start with the first. Limited awareness and understanding. You ask pretty much any person on the street about modular construction and they'll be scratching their heads. They, they won't necessarily understand what you're talking about. And so... If you want to talk to somebody about, you know, the differences and the advantages and the benefits and stuff, if they don't know what you're talking about, then that's all kind of above over their head. So that's the first thing. The second thing I'm aware of, and this is from speaking with my friend um, of Century Homes, Jerry McCoy, I can remember him mentioning and I don't know, you know, obviously he would have his side of the story, but I remember him saying that the, the concrete industry that he was obviously going directly against in terms of competing with. He was trying to build timber homes. The concrete industry is trying to continue to do construction with blocks and bricks and stuff like that. So there's two types of construction, which one's going to win out. And the concrete industry is, is a big behemoth in the Irish market. And because of that, it had this narrative out there that it was constantly pressing, according to Jerry. Um, that it was, you know, timber frame houses were not as well constructed, that they were, you know, that they were noisy. When you walked around a timber frame house, you could hear kind of the next door neighbours, things like that. They also made this suggestion that a timber frame house can burn much quicker. Uh, and so there would be much, much quicker fire hazard in a, in a, in a timber frame house. Now, that... I know for a fact that that is not one of the, the downsides of a timber frame house because typically, you know, there's plenty of fires in concrete and traditional built homes. And why is that? Is because it's the materials in the house that catch fire, not the material of the house that catches fire. So when you're talking about a fire in a house, typically it would be like a Christmas tree or it'll be a frying pan or something like that that goes up or a faulty electrical circuit and it goes up and what catches fire is furniture or you know bedding or clothes or something like that or the fern or the carpet or whatever it's not typically the wall because the walls are made with plasterboard like pretty much everything like a traditional house now another reason why it probably isn't so popular in the irish market anyway is limited experience not many firms doing it in ireland and why? Well, because there isn't a great knowledge of it in Ireland. And so there won't be a lot of people setting up a business to start something that where you are effectively a bit of a pioneer because it's a tough road to travel. You're better off setting up something where you either have some sort of competitive advantage. And in this case, 
not a lot of con uh, companies have done that because they know they're up against the concrete industry and they know that it's uh, that the general public is not that familiar with what it is. The next thing would be a perception of quality and whether or not this is actual the case or not, but the perception of quality, it is viewed timber and modular construction in general is often perceived as less durable. Now you can have modular construction that is entirely concrete. And so don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about timber frame houses. You can actually deliver an entirely concrete product from a factory to the site. So modular construction is prefabricated in a site, in a, in a factory and brought to site. It is not just timber or whatever. Now, that perception that things are less well built, it's not easy to kind of push against that if that is the perception. Now, it might be a misperception, but it can be difficult to push against that. The other thing is building codes. Building codes in, certainly in this country, can be quite restrictive and there can be a lot of sort of barriers to try to push through. And so that can be something that kind of holds back. And if you're doing something and you're trying to work with, say, a, a company in another country like Germany or something like that, they'll have codes there and you've got codes here. And if you're trying to buy a product that is made for German codes and you're trying to say, oh, well, we actually need it to be changed in order to fit the Irish code, you can imagine there's going to be some difficulty there or certainly the perception of difficulty there. And then finally, costs. And this is a big one because what is the situation? Modular construction tends to be economically better in the long run, but there is often a cost, upfront cost, that is higher than traditional. And so you buy a traditional house, you pay less money for it at the outset, but then the cost of running it and all that costs more. If you buy one of these houses that are modular construction, if there are much higher standards, if they're sustainable, uh, environmentally friendly, all that kind of stuff, you're going to have much, much better energy usage. And so you'll get the savings and it'll cost you less in the long run. But are you prepared to pay upfront for that? That is a big question. And also, perhaps, you know, the mortgage is, is the issue. It's not whether or not you would want to take that upfront cost, but whether or not you're able to raise that from the mortgage. So is it all a positive, you know, win for modular construction? Well, not necessarily. It, it doesn't always work. And when is it a bad idea to use modular construction or where is it a bad idea? As I mentioned, these come in very large sections a lot of the time and they're built so that they can be lifted. You know, why lift in 10 pieces when you can just lift in one big piece that is all pre-assembled in the factory? And that is the idea behind modular construction. And what the problem with that is, is that there can be site-specific challenges. And what I mean by that is, let's say you live in a rural setting, let's say in a country road. I was out driving over the weekend and I drove to, um, I drove up into Wicklow and up around the Sugarloaf and, uh, and the lead mines. And in the process of doing that, I ended up in a situation um, on a very, very narrow road. And as I was driving down this narrow road, there was an Amazon Prime truck that was driving towards me. And there was just no way where the two of us were getting. So some, somebody had to reverse back into a gateway or something. Now you can imagine transporting huge sections for a construction site. That is not something that is easy to do on a country road. And so a lot of remote areas 
are going to be very, very uh, difficult to reach and therefore construction is just not going to be, uh, modular construction is just not going to be an option for that. The next thing is there can be a certain amount of limited design options with modular construction. And that is because in order to create the efficiency, a lot of the time the factory has specific components and sizing that you need to choose from. So if you want to go and build it, here's all the pieces. It's like a catalogue. Here's all the pieces, like a bit like a Lego set. Here's the pieces. You've got X number of this width and X number of that width and X number of you know metal fittings and timber fittings and whatever it is. And all of it can be just bought and it gets delivered to site. But if you are doing something, say, like a one-off house or something like that, and you want to do a very specific design, perhaps it's not possible to get it in exactly that uh, style or that design. And the other thing to think about is if you're in a, in a regular shaped site and sometimes you're buying houses that would be on a site that's not rectangular. And so instead of, you know, it might have kind of a sloping wall or something like that, that can obviously create problems as well for something that is built in a factory. So those are some of the challenges in terms of modular construction. The next thing to think about is assuming that it's easy access, is it super quick to build? Like, is this argument that we hear the politicians saying that it's 12 to 14 weeks, is that correct? Well, no, that is, I think, it's fair to say, quite misleading uh, or in an ill-informed in, Ill because the reality is, is a con the construction process is not just delivering stuff to site and that's it. There is the entire process of, can you buy the land with zoning, first of all? You can't just build on a piece of land. You have to make sure that it's got zoning and you have to make sure that it has planning permission. And the process of getting planning permission can take months, if not up to a year. And that is one of the downsides of the Irish system here, is that we have a very, very slow planning process. And you got to go and get planning permission like everybody else. It doesn't matter that you have this high speed, um, you know, modular construction method. It still has to go through the same sort of pro planning process, which is time consuming. And then when you're building these modular components, like you have to design it to the system. So you're going to, you know, it's not just here's some here's, here's the design of my house. This is how I want it to look. And then off you go. And you, you've got to go and you've got to design the building and it's got to use these specific components that are available in that factory. And then it gets put into the system there and they tell you how many of each can, you know, it needs, the sizing, everything like that. And then it gets designed up by the factory. And then it can get built by the factory when the machines are programmed. But it all has to be designed and stuff. So that is going to take a, a period of time as well. Then the assembled, you know, the finished assembled pieces come to site on the big truck and a crane is there and the crane is lifting it into place. Now, what is it lifting it into place? Uh, you know, what is there? What needs to be there for it to be landed down? A concrete foundation has to be in place for these things to be built. And so it's not just it arrives onto the site and that's it, it's done and dusted. You actually have to do the site work what goes into the site work? Well, you're going to build your foundations. You're going to have your drainage pipes. You're going to have your electrical connections, your water, your gas. You're going to have your sewer connection, your sewer pipe leading from inside the house out into the main 
sewer drain or whatever it might be. All of this requires a civil engineer and a civil works contractor to do all of that. And that means men on a site with spades and JCBs and doing all of that kind of work. And if you've been following my TikTok, you've been following how the site that we built, we're, we're almost finished now in Shank Hill. You can see all of the early site works and the amount of digging that's involved in putting down big pipes and stuff. So it is not simply that you arrive on site with all of the stuff and that's it. That site work has to be done and it has to be done to very specific sizing so that the timber frame or whatever it is, whether it's concrete timber, the modular items when they get delivered, get plunked down and that everything has to be exactly in the right place for them to connect because you're going to have pipes that are coming out of the modular sections and they have to connect into the foundation section or whatever it might be. When all of that is done, um, then obviously it's very, very quick. The, the, the truck arrives on site, there's a big crane there and it just lifts it into place. And in the space, I have seen houses built in the space of one to two, maybe three days. And the entire thing is enclosed, finished, windows, roof, everything. And then the inside work can get done. And so there'll be painters and things like that. You can even have all of that decorating done in the factory. I have seen um, hotel rooms, bedrooms and hotel bathrooms being done in factory and then delivered on the back of a truck, literally with the sinks and the toilets and the showers already in place. So when it gets lifted in, they literally connect a pipe and that's your water now connected. They, they connect into the sewer and that's it, bang. It's ready to use the next day. And so it's very, very fast. I've even seen where they have the beds are actually in the bedroom units. So they get delivered to site with all of the furniture already in place. So it is a very, very efficient way to do it, if you can get it. And if you can do it very quickly, you're avoiding disruption of neighbours or you're avoiding the roads being closed for weeks. It can all be done and opened quite quickly. So ultimately, it's all going to boil down to how the market adapts and adopts and, and how people's perception and the economic issues are going to you know, overcome. Definitely, we have the, the cost of living crisis and all that kind of stuff. That is going to be a big hurdle to any development and any housing crisis at the moment. Uh, you've got the planning process. That obviously has to be sped up so that projects do not take so long to go through. When all of that happens, perhaps 12 to 14 weeks would be a realistic um, proposition. But until then, there's no chance. Um, however, how do I feel about modular construction? I actually... I'm positive. I'm pro modular construction. I think that it is, you know, the innovations and the technology out there are going to make this definitely a superior way to go about building homes for people and offices and whatever it might be. But is it this, the main solution that you know, we've been waiting for and that's going to solve everything? If a new you know, government party comes to power, and say, okay, we're going to do everything with modular construction. Is that going to like transform the market? I do not believe so. I don't think it's possible to overcome all of the problems. You've got construction capacity issues at the moment. Like there's an entire industry out there that's flat out at the moment. What are they going to do? Are they going to suddenly, you know, down tools and say, let's all go to modular construction and all of those people that work in the trades that we don't need anymore, what's going to happen to them? I don't think that is about to come to an end. I also think that the, 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 you know, the way that you, you know, traditional construction, you've got four men on sites and all that, 
that is, uh, you know, there is a system out there that works and I can imagine that it's going to continue to be a system that is adopted. But there's going to be new entrants to the market and it might be young people that are learning from scratch how to do modular construction. I can see those companies starting and becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, but I can't see the existing entrance in the market, the existing people in the market. I can't see them saying, let's change to modular construction because it might be too much of a learning curve for them. It might be just too big of, uh, a, of a gap to learn how to do that from what we've been doing for the last you know, 20 years or whatever it might be. Lots of drawbacks, lots of benefits, Overall, I would say I am pro-modular construction. I'd like to see it coming in, but let me know what you think and I will speak to you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please connect with me via the Facebook group that is called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you will find me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. You can stay up to date with all of my content and the various projects I'm working on over on my website, GavinJGallagher.com. And while you're there, please do add your name to the Join My Tribe thing over on the right-hand side. This will ensure you're kept up to date via my weekly newsletter. All of these links are in the show notes below. That's all for now. I will see you guys in the next episode.